Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Reconciling Grace. We are here talking today with Reverend Vicki Cundiff in studio and remotely with Pastor Don McDonald and with Mick Wells. We are in part two of a discussion that we started last time on the Bema Seat of Christ. And just for a quick background, the Bema Seat of Christ, the judgment seat uh, that is called the Bema Seat, is a judgment that is specifically one that believers are going to experience according to the scriptures and it is talking about the rewards that believers get uh before we get into it i do want to share that um don mentioned last time uh, a great illustration that i think shows what we're talking about um there are different types of judgments talked about in the bible and the bema seat that we're talking about is the one that is something that Christians, those who believe in Jesus Christ, are going to experience, and it's kind of based on rewards. And Don mentioned it, kind of like Senior Awards Night in a in a uh, high school graduation. So it's for the people who are graduating, the people who are going to heaven. And I think that that's the way that I want to start this off with the introduction. And Mick has been leading the discussion. He has some wonderful notes and some wonderful insights on this. So Mick, I think I'm going to turn it over to you here um, to say, uh, let's pick it up from where we where we left off, if we can. Yeah, let's reiterate that uh, when we talk about the Bema Seat, Judgment Seat of Christ, it's not something where we have to fear losing our salvation because the fact that you're appearing before the judgment seat of Christ means that you are a believer. That means you belong to Jesus. You don't have to fear punishment. In fact, it's the time the scripture tells us when we will be given rewards. And uh, the last session I was talking about how <clears throat> sometimes we get down on the idea of works, but uh, Christ, the Bible tells us, has works prepared for us in advance to do, and this is a rewards uh, this is a rewards session from Jesus to his faithful followers, and it will reward things that we've done that have been based upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, and so we don't have to fear this. In fact, I'm going to be overjoyed to know that salvation is my ticket in there uh, to stand before Jesus Christ. And it's not a judgment to determine who will enter heaven. Uh, the sins of believers will not be an issue at the judgment seat of Christ. They've already been forgiven. Remember when Jesus died upon the cross, we talk about that as the finished work of Christ. He's taken care of our sin and when we believe in jesus christ there's over a hundred places in the bible that says believe upon the lord jesus christ to be saved so all the people at the bema seat of christ will be saved and they will be looking forward to eternity in heaven and but the scriptures talk about um, 
our service, the quality of our faithful service to Jesus Christ is uh, resulting in uh, rewards or lack of rewards, depending on how, how a life has been lived. Now, Mick, if I may um, interrupt just one moment, we can also say that those who stand before the Bema seat are already saved. There is another judgment, though, for those who are not saved. We will all stand before a, a judgment where we are going to either say we are saved or we are not. This particular judgment of the Bema seat is for those who have already been determined to be saved. Would that be an accurate way of saying it? Yeah, the Bema seat is before Jesus Christ among those who, for those who are saved about in his church. We're, we're primarily talking about the church age. Now, I suppose we could pontificate on when's the judgment of Old Testament believers, and we could talk about what happens to those who have lived for Christ during the millennium. This particular seat, the judgment seat of Christ, is addressed to the church, okay? And I don't know if you all are dispensationalists. I, I am. Um, but it's for how we've lived for God faithfully uh, with the life we've been given as believers in Jesus who are saved by his uh, death, burial, and resurrection. Um, so isn't it wonderful that uh, the sins of believers won't be an issue at the judgment seat? They've already been forgiven. In fact, there's one scripture I've heard pastors talk about in the Old Testament. It's directed toward Israel when uh, the Lord removes these sins and remembers them no more. I've often pondered that particular scripture, but sin's been paid for. It's through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. So um, I've asked Don to share with us an Old Testament scripture, which I think doesn't talk about the Bema seat uh, per se, but I think it gives us an insight into the character of God as a just and righteous judge. And that's Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12, Mick. And it says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. If we've trusted and put our faith in Jesus Christ, I think we can take that to the bank. It should be of great comfort to all of us. Any other thoughts on that? I think that's right on target. Of course, I mean, Scripture's right on target because it's Scripture. It's the Word of God. Um, but once we believe in, in Jesus Christ, um, our sins are forgiven, and we don't have to worry about the judgment of hell anymore. Now, it's faith in Jesus Christ, of course, that gets us. That's our ticket to the Bema Seat judgment, because we're going to be uh, there as saved and heaven-bound. And Keith, I think the scripture we all love to rely on is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Would you share those with us? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And would you like me to go on to verse 10? Sure. 
For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah, I like that uh, last scripture you read there from Ephesians uh, 2.10. Keith Green wrote a song that has uh, a paraphrase of that particular scripture that uh, I think Keith said, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And God has prepared them in advance for us to do. And uh, I thank God for that in my life. But what I want to stress here is that we are not saved through good works, the done on our own. It's by grace we've been saved through faith. There's nothing you or I could do to earn our way into the favor of God. It's not by works uh, so that I could say, look what I've done. There are a lot of people living their lives these days that seem to do take pride in what they've done, but our salvation is not by works, but yet Christ Jesus has prepared good works in advance for us to do. And I think we all need to keep that in mind as we recognize that uh, we are heaven bound when we stand before the bemacy of Jesus Christ. Now, um, some of my notes here, we've already covered in a sense who will be there at the bemacy. Now I'm trying kind of projecting into imagining what it's gonna be like. We've said it's for the church only. If you're there at the bemacy, you're saved. And, and nothing's going to take your salvation away from you. Uh, you're heaven bound, but our works are going to be judged. Uh, what we've done as members of the New Testament church, those of us who have trusted Christ as Savior, from the day of Pentecost until the coming of Christ for his church, according to the Blue Letter Bible, uh, there are some unknowns where we're, we have to kind of guess uh, one song that's it's very popular and much appreciated these days is called I Can Only Imagine, where somebody writes and sings about, I can't, I can't really picture what it's going to be like to be in the presence of God when we walk with him. And in the song, I don't have a, the lyrics written here, but it asks questions, you know, uh, will, I, will I be... Uh, you know, will I in awe of him be still? I recall that from uh, the song lyrics. But we know that we're going to stand before Jesus Christ as believers. That's a privilege. But there will be unknown. Uh, what do you think? Well, you think there will be all of us together, or do you think we're going to be one-on-one with the Lord? Uh, have you ever thought about that? I think in a way it's hard to phantom that, you know, because it's something that is outside the parameter of the human experience. You know, I I remember one of my uh, preachers that mentored me when I was a youth pastor, Christian ed director at a church said the hardest part for a human is accepting the reality we can't understand the totality of God and uh, and how that will look. It's outside the the realm of human understanding. We can try. We can imagine that, you know, if you can only imagine that. 
but we don't totally understand it. And, you know, I, I always live in the realm of there's certain questions that when we get to heaven, it will be answered and we have to be comfortable in that realm. Sure. Any other thoughts? I would like to share with you by analogy something we don't need to really be concerned with. The white, great white throne judgment is for people who are unbelievers who will not be going to heaven. But the Bible, John tells us in Revelation 20, says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. The books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. That makes it sound like there's going to be, um, at least at that particular judgment, a, a large crowd of people. He's, he's witnessing a large crowd of people. And it makes you wonder is that if as we stand before the Lord, whether we're going to be by ourselves or, or with a large group of, of fellow Christians bound for heaven. Well, we're going to take a look after the break about when will the Bema Seat judgment take place. The scripture gives us some indication of that. Right now, we're going to break for our sponsor and stay with us. We'll be back with the second half of our program. Welcome back to our program. You're listening to Reconciling Grace, and we're talking about the judgment seat of Christ. It's called the Bema Seat Judgment, and it will be a time when rewards are given to Christians for their faithful service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this judgment seat, thank heavens, does not, it does not impact your salvation. In fact, if you appear at this judgment seat, again, you are saved, you will be with Christ in eternity. So we're talking about rewards that the scriptures speak of that will be handed out by Christ after judging our, our works. And that's the importance of works because it relates to rewards. And uh, I don't know how you all feel about that, but uh, I'm looking forward to what the Lord may have for me and uh, I'll be happy to stand before him. But when will this all take place? Uh, now, many Bible scholars uh, read the scriptures. They believe that it will take place immediately after Jesus returns for his church, returns for you and me who are uh, the blood-bought redeemed of Jesus Christ. And I've found a couple of scriptures here. I'm going to ask Vicki if she'll share with us Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Yeah, there's another example of Jesus saying that he is going to provide rewards. And I hang on every day to the first part of that scripture. He says, look, I'm coming soon, and I'm looking for him uh, very soon, uh, wholeheartedly looking for him. He said his reward is with him. So when he comes back for us, he has the reward uh, to give each person according to what they have done. And we're not talking about working for salvation. We're talking about faithfulness in our works in the service of Jesus Christ. 
Now there's another scripture that uh, sounds similar. Vicki, would you read for us Matthew 16 and verse 27? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Now you see, when we consider the when, when is this judgment going to take place? Here's another verse that tags it right on to the, the Lord God coming back, the Son of Man uh, coming with his angels, and then it says he will reward each person. And again, it says to what he has done. Now, the most wonderful thing we can do, of course, is put our faith in Jesus. But from there on, works doesn't have anything to do with salvation uh, if we've trusted in him. Now, I just put a kind of a feeler question here. How are you? How do you think you'll feel when you're called to face Jesus Christ at the Bema Seat. This will be your own kind of personal uh, speculation. What do you think, Don? I, you know, I, I keep, I was reading through that question before we met Mick, and I, I kept looking at Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Because of time, I'm not going to read it all, but in there, it's about being content. You know, you're, you're just going to be content that you're in the presence of the Lord, and, and maybe I'm being too much of a Calvinist. Whatever he ordains and, and moves in my life, since my Lord is sovereign, he will bless me. And I just have to trust in the sovereignty of God, I'm a Calvinist, that he will award accordingly as he sees fit. Yeah, you have confidence that the Lord's going to be absolutely just, and you don't have anything to fear then, right? Right, right. Very true. Very true. Hey, Vicki, what do you think? I say amen to that. I'm just excited about going to heaven. No fear. Where's that T-shirt? Yeah. Well, um, again, as I said earlier, we're going to stand there uh, with one of the first gifts that the Lord gives us, and that's a glorified body. Mm. We're going to have what he terms... Uh, imperishable we're gonna we're gonna be standing before him with a body that doesn't doesn't decay and doesn't get old like which i can relate to um so um i think i'm going to be a combination of excited and curious and absolutely awestruck yeah to be standing in front of my Lord and, and Savior. Any other thoughts on that? I think you summed up kind of what I feel, Mick. Um, you know, I've seen people who say, oh, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to run into Jesus's hands or arms and hug him. And it's like, I don't know if I'll be able to move. I might just be so, you know, it's like overwhelmed by, by what's going on. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I kind of joked about it before, and I, I keep going back to Don's um, senior awards night. Sometimes I'm just glad to graduate. You know, I'm just glad to be here. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be worried about this award or not. I just, hey, I made it. At least I made it. You know, I, I keep thinking, holy, holy, holy. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I, I'm considering this, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm guessing about how I'll feel, but I'm doing so in this old mortal body. Yeah. 
this old mortal body has had open heart surgery. <laughs> and to think about standing before the Lord makes you wonder, how could I handle it? But, you know, the Lord's got that well in hand. Yes. And we're going to stand before him in the glorified body in which we will stay with him through eternity. That's, that's a wonderful thought. Yeah. Well, you know, um, when I stand before him, I want to not be ashamed. And there is a scripture that talks about this. It's in 1 John 2.28. And Don, would you share it with us? That scripture? And now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Yeah, I think there's no reason to be ashamed when we know the Lord of the parable of the vine, which I'm not going to get into, might be a good comparison, but we have to remain in him. And this verse, I love those epistles of John. They're just very uplifting. They talk about love and abiding in Jesus. And if we abide in him according to the word of God, we will not have to be ashamed before his coming. The Lord's got it all covered. And uh, we have wonderful things to look forward to. Well, um, Pete, I've uh, talked offline about the scriptures in Luke, but I want to share with you some things I found on the Internet here. Uh, and one person who wrote says it scares me to know that I have to stand before God. Some people may be that way. I don't know. For all the bad I've done in my life, I was a Christian part of the time. I've asked for forgiveness, but to stand before God scares me. This is a good time to say you don't have to be afraid of a loving, just God. I mean, he is absolutely merciful and gracious to us. The person who answered that question online says words that I found comforting. This is not a scripture. This is just the person who answered this person who uh, said they might be scared. It says, remember, we won't be coming before a cold, indifferent, and angry judge. We will be standing before our loving, merciful, happy father. He longs to reward his children, and he takes great delight in them. So I don't know whatever your concept of God, that lines up with my concept of God. So any fear I might tend to want to drum up inside me is allayed by the fact that we're coming before a wonderful, fair, and impartial Lord Jesus. I like that, Mick. There's a couple people that I've heard say, I hope I make it to heaven. And these are very strong Christians, been in the church, active in the church. And it, it kind of saddened my heart a little bit. Um, I heard that they'd said it. I didn't actually say it to me. And it kind of saddened my heart a little bit just because we can have, like you're saying so beautifully, we can have that confidence of knowing that we're going to face a God who absolutely adores us and loves us and has forgiven us. And so uh, you wonder what's going on inside a person if they haven't forgiven themselves over something or or whatever the case may be, but I think that the point is being made by all of us that we can be confident that we can come go to go to heaven one day and be confident in that in this life that we're going to face a God who loves us dearly. Yeah, thanks, Becky. That's great input. Um, I totally agree with it. Um, the Bible gives us a little bit of 
clue into how our works that we perform for Jesus will be tested. Now, this verse, these verses are from 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. It doesn't say this is going to be um, reviewed at the Bema seat, but it does give us a clue of, of how works will be assessed by our Lord and Savior. And again, we don't have to worry about our, our salvation. Let me read this to you. It says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation, using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. Now, the, the scripture I have has day capitalized. I don't know if that means uh, Jesus. But it says the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. And I think that's part of the Bema Seat um, ceremony. And the verse goes on to say, if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Now, hang on to that. There's nothing you've done as a Christian that's going to keep you out of heaven. In fact, the word God tells us that we're safe in Jesus' hand and nobody can snatch us out of his hand. And we're going to be standing before God with that assurance. It says that if there, what has been done is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though as one escaping through the flames. Now that uh, escaping means <clears throat> getting out of danger. So this has nothing to do with salvation. It deals with, and it's the Bible telling us, the word of God telling us how our works <clears throat> are going to be tested as with fire. And whatever survives, we're going to receive a reward for. And again, believers will be evaluated based on how faithfully we serve Jesus. Now, uh, any thoughts on that before I move on? Well, we have um, just about a minute and a half left. I'm wondering if before we move on, we might need to just concede that we're going to end up going to another um, episode on this topic. Um, and if we do, I would like to just kind of build a little bit upon what what I keep going back to Don's um, senior graduation night what this reminded me of mick would be the one escaping through the flames about we're, we're already there while we're standing at that seat it's not like we're going to go up to the graduation uh podium at graduation night and just about be getting ready to get that diploma handed to us and all of a sudden have your algebra teacher come up and say wait he failed the final <laughs> you know, for me in algebra, that would be a definite possibility, you know, well, and I wouldn't want that to happen. But again, I think it's very important to say that this particular seat, this Bema seat, is something for Christians. I said it earlier in the program, and I want to make sure to say it again now. There is another judgment that happens before this, where people are judged as to whether or not they have believed in Jesus Christ. Now that one, you got to worry about getting there. The Bema seat, you're already there. 
Right. So, you know what? We are just about getting to that point. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say, Mick, or should I just go ahead and wrap it up for today and, and let people know that we'll be back next time? So for Mick Wells, who's done a great job leading here, this is Pete Vecchi, joined also by Don McDonald, by Vicki Cundiff. So, Reconciling Grace right here on faithandfriendsradio.com. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m., Lord willing, we'll be back again next week. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.